Hi, this is Larson Hicks, and welcome to my podcast, where I rant and rave about whatever it is I'm currently thinking about, and also occasionally bring in much smarter guests for longer conversations about topics they're passionate about. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. Well, hello. It's Larson, and uh, it's good to be here on uh, the the uh, podcast. This is uh, this is a record, I think, recording uh, one uh, each week here, uh, starting off twenty twenty three on a on a more productive uh, or at least a more ambitious uh, uh, pace. Hopefully, I'll be able to keep it up. Uh, it's good to have you here. Thanks for for tuning in. Hope you uh, hope you enjoy what you're hearing and. Love to hear your feedback as you uh, as you listen and digest this stuff. So today I want to I want to dive into the topic uh, a topic that I've uh, has come up a lot recently for me just as I've met with um, people in my uh, in my community and I think it's a pretty big deal. Um, I think it's probably a much bigger deal than we than we probably appreciate and that's the the topic of um, of work and of, of having, of being bored at work. Um, uh, it is not good for man to be bored in his job. Uh, and I think that that's an issue I'm seeing a lot. Um, and I'm seeing it a lot, especially in this town I live in Huntsville, Alabama, which is, a our biggest industry is defense contracting. And so it's people who work for, um, you know, for firms, uh, a lot of engineers who are working uh, where, where the client is the government, you know, it's defense contractors. And, uh, and so like, that's the main industry in Huntsville. And I, and I think this is probably applies equally in a lot of big corporate settings uh, where you work for a really big company. Um, but, but obviously defense is a, uh, and defense you're working for the government. Um, and I've probably talked about this before on the podcast, but this may be a helpful, like really quick, I don't know if it's helpful or not, uh, but I'll, I'll just mention the um, Milton Friedman, you know, has this matrix of your money uh, versus somebody else's money. And then, you know, across the two, you know, vertical axes. And then on the horizontal, you've got spent on yourself versus spent on somebody else. And so in the left, you know, top left quadrant, you have your money spent on yourself. That's where you spend more time and energy trying to select, you know, a, a good, a good value. Um, when it's your money being spent on someone else, you might spend a little less time working, worried about the value you're buying a present for your wife. And you just kind of, you might even spend a little more just to, to kind of compensate for the fact that you haven't spent as much time thinking about it. And then the right quadrant top, right, you've got somebody else's money spent on you. That's like, you've got the company credit card and you're just, uh, you're just, uh, you know, you, you're, you're probably not really looking for the value. You're actually kind of, um, being pretty frivolous. Uh, you, you, you order the, the steak and the scotch or whatever, um, with the company card. Uh, and then your somebody else's money being spent on somebody else is where you're, you're in that quadrant. You know, you typically have people just doing whatever's easiest. They don't really care about costs. They don't really care about price. And I think that's kind of what's going on in, in these government, um, these, these businesses where the government is the, is the client, um, there, there's really not a, um, a real efficiency and, um, pr- 
productivity kind of metric. And, and it's actually what I worry is that it's mostly rent seeking. Um, I, I'm seeing a lot of it as I talk to people about this. I'm seeing that these, these firms in Huntsville, um, there's a lot of rent seeking behavior. Um, if you're not familiar with that term, it's a, it's an economic term. Um, I just for the sake of giving a definition, I looked it up real quick. Um, uh, Investopia says rent seeking is an economic concept that occurs when an entity seeks to gain at to gain added wealth without any reciprocal contribution of uh, productivity. Typically, it revolves around government-funded social services and social service programs. So I think that's like, uh, well, that's like handouts. You know, that's that's one way of looking at it. Uh, Wikipedia says, rent-seeking is the act of growing one's existing wealth by manipulating the social or political environment without creating new wealth. Rent-seeking activities have negative effects on the rest of society. So... I don't think it's so bad as that, uh, but what I what I'm seeing is, uh, if if you are looking at the numbers, you know, let's say you're 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 uh, you're in the in the government contracting defense business, and you've got a contract, and you're and you're doing the economic uh, you know the business kind of math of how do we generate the maximum amount of revenue for our business? Well. Um, in that scenario, if the government's willing to keep paying you, uh, even if you're over budget and you're over time and you haven't delivered on what you were supposed to, then then actually the best way to make the most amount of money is to is is to not deliver uh, the the service that they've hired you to, to to deliver, but to stretch it out longer and longer. And again, because the government is spending someone else's money on someone else. They're just looking for the easiest option. So it's like, okay, we got to renew, we got to extend. Okay, fair enough, go for it. You know, whatever. You know, you guys are, you know, like whatever. There's not this like concern, right? This this logical, rational, economic concern for value uh, and and uh, and industry and profit. Um, it's just it's someone else's money. Just whatever. Yeah, you guys just keep working on it. We'll send you more money. Um, and actually, you know, in in government. You know, if you don't spend your budget, then you get it taken away from you and uh, next year. And so everyone wants to spend their budget and they want to ask for more money every year. Um, and so um, it's a I think it's a bad situation. Um, I, I, I was talking to two of these uh, two good friends in Huntsville uh, yesterday. And I'm asking how, how are things at work? And 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 both are basically saying. I don't really have to do anything. Like I don't really do anything. <laughs> like I could not show up and nobody would really probably notice. Um, I could do my job with my eyes closed or half asleep. And, and I'm like, really? And they're like, Oh yeah. And I said, so I, I just asked this hypothetical and said, okay, just humor me here. If you were to go look for another job and you were to go interview with a bunch of other engineering firms in, in this town and you were to show up at that interview and say, look, I want to get stuff done. I want to accomplish things. I want to hit deadlines. I want to deliver product and deliver services and uh, blow it out of the park. I, I want to I want to crush it and make our customers really happy. Wouldn't somebody be just thrilled? Like, I mean, I can tell you as an employer, that's the kind of person I would love to hire. If somebody comes to me and says, I want to solve problems. I want to get things done. I don't want to mess around. I'm like, hired, let's go. I need people like that on my team. So I said, wouldn't somebody 
hire you and be delighted. And, and they, both of these guys looked at each other and looked back at me and said, no, you wouldn't even, they'd say, yeah, it sounds like you're a little too, uh, a little too intense for us or a little too ambitious for us. Like good luck, you know? Um, that's not, that's not viewed as a virtue or as a, as a good thing in a, in a business uh, that is rent seeking, that is not looking to deliver value and, um, and, and efficiency to their client, but is looking to extend the, uh, the budget. And I just think, I think for a conservative Christian man who knows that their employer is doing this and knows that that's what's going on, um, that's, it's not good for you. It's not good for your soul to be in that kind of environment. It's just not. And, and I think that leads to like, well, what is a good job and, and what is a job and, and is a job, you know, does it matter? Right. And, and I think that, you know, there's like this, you know, Luther talked about the, you know, kind of the sanctity of all callings and the priesthood of all believers and this idea that like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, anything, you're a priest, you're, you know, as a, as a believer and you don't have to be a priest or do something religious to be, for your work to be meaningful uh, on a spiritual level. Uh, and that's totally true. But there's this weird, you know, we are so individualistic in our modern age and the way we think about ourselves. Um, and it's gotten to where the only thing about yourself that is that is meaningful is whatever it is that comes from deep within you that you feel about who you are. And so everything else, the family you were born into, the work you do, your gender, your religion, all of that stuff is just that's all external stuff that you can take on and put off and none of that really matters. It doesn't affect who you are. It's it, you know, who you are is who you are and none of that other stuff matters. Well, I think that's all, I think that's all backwards. Um, and, and I think really at the end of the day, whatever it is you think about yourself really matters pretty little. Um, it is who, who is it that God created you to be and what, it, what are, what are the roles that you're playing, uh, in the world that, that you, you haven't necessarily chosen for yourself or don't really have, uh, didn't really, uh, pick, um, whether that's a, uh, whether that's, um, a, uh, a father or an engineer or whatever, you know, um, obviously you can choose to be an engineer, but I, th I think people don't look at that as part of their identity. Um, and I've seen that, uh, David Bonson is coming out with a book on this topic and basically saying, from what I can see so far, he's just released like a little blurb about it yesterday. But, um, but he's going to push back on this whole idea that work is sort of just about being happy, or it's about you know it's sort of it's sort of just what you do to make a living, to make money, and it doesn't matter. He he's basically saying your work is who you are, and it matters, and you should work really really hard, and uh, and um, and care about your work. And I, I'm interested to read the book. I'm sure I'm going to disagree with parts of it, but but I, I'm sure I, I think he's onto something important that needs to be talked about. Um, and and I think you know just this, and I think this is not just true in in kind of government industries, but I think it's also true in large corporations. Uh, but you just end up with a lot of people who are who are apathetic, who are just apathetic about the work that they're doing. Um, and it kind of leads me to this question of like, what is a good job? Um, and, and, and I think as I've talked to men 
uh, in this town and ask, well, what, what, like, like, do you have a good job? Oh, I've got a great job. Why? Uh, I hardly have to do anything and I get paid really well. Um, it's really easy and they don't really make me do much. I don't really have any significant responsibilities and I get paid a lot of money. That's not a good job. <laughs> That's not a good job at all. Um, and so what is a good job? Um, you know, um, to me, a good job is, is I'm providing, I'm, I'm, I'm providing value to other people. I'm doing something meaningful, uh, for, for other people. Um, I'm accomplishing things. I'm creating things. I'm taking dominion. Um, I am, I am, um, subduing the earth. I am, uh, solving problems. That is, a that is a good job. Um, and, and, and you can do that in any number, in, in any millions of different ways. Um, but if that's not happening in your work, in your day-to-day work that is you're getting paid for, then it is rent seeking. I'm sorry, but it's rent seeking. You know, it, uh, you are, you, you have found a way to get somebody to pay you and you're not reciprocating value. You're not giving, you're not solving problems and accomplishing things. And that's just not good. And I think about, I mean, this is true in healthcare. So I see like healthcare, you know, physicians are burning out in massive. It seems like it's getting worse and worse. I read articles every day about this. Uh, that's the industry that I'm in is, is, is physician staffing. And, uh, and they're burned out. And I, I, I posted this on my LinkedIn page the other day. They're not burning out because the work's too hard. Uh, they're not burning out because, um, the hours are too long or because the, the patients they see are ungrateful or, or, or any of that stuff. Uh, when, when asked why, why are you burned out? Like what's caused your burnout? The number one cause is bureaucracy. Um, the number one cause is, is I, I don't feel like I'm solving real problems anymore. I, I'm, I, in my own words, I, I, I'm, I'm framing this as my, in my own way. Um, I'm not solving problems anymore. I am, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting money for my, my company. And, and when, again, when you drill down into it, it's, it's rent seeking because, uh, in healthcare, the largest payer is the government and, um, and the insurance companies who are basically part of the government. I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot of collusion, a lot of crony capitalism, and it's just working the system to get more money out of it. And it's not about, taking care of patients and solving their problems and helping people get well. It's about working the system to get, to get the money out of it. And sometimes that's hard work. Usually it's just mindless work. Um, but it doesn't, you you don't feel like you're actually, um, delivering value or solving any problems for anybody. That's a bad thing. And, And people ought to be dissatisfied with that. So I don't think it's good for men to be apathetic and bored and, um, and checked out, you know, when you're checked out, um, of your job, you're coasting, you're floating, right. Uh, and, and dead bodies float. Um, you don't want to be floating. You want to be swimming. You want to be heading in a direction, um, with intentionality, with purpose. Um, the, your days are numbered. Um, your days are numbered and, and you have a very brief little moment. And so you should, you should spend it. You should spend it well, uh, be a steward of the time and the, and the talent that God's given you. And here's why I think this is so important. And this is something my wife, 
um, has, has taught me over the years. And I'm so thankful for her wisdom on this topic. Um, my wife and I talk about work pretty frequently and, and, and I'm just telling her about a conversation I had, a contract that I'm negotiating, um, an employee that I'm struggling with. Uh, and I'm just sharing with her the stuff that I'm wrestling with every day. And she's giving me feedback and she's, she's my number one counselor when it comes to all things career and work related. I go to her, she knows me, she knows what I'm like and what I'm good at and what I struggle with. And she's, um, and she has learned about my business and about the stuff that I, I, I do. And so more often than not, when I bring up a, a thing I'm thinking about or wrestling with, my wife has, has good advice, um, good suggestions. So, so there I've quit, I've quit a few jobs. I've, I've start, tried to start a few businesses. I've, I've, um, I've changed careers, changed, changed, uh, job titles, you know, moved from one thing to another several times in my, in my short, you know, I'm, I'm 40. So it's not like I've been in the, in the marketplace for, for decades or, you know, I guess, you know, a couple decades, but not, 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 you know, super long. Uh, but, but in that short period of time, I've, I've, I've made a lot of job changes. Every single one of those was a change that I made with my wife's, um, input and, um, advice. And, and something my wife um, will say to me is, um, I think it's time for you to do something different. Um, I can tell you're bored. I can tell you're not being challenged. I can tell you're not being stretched. And you need to do something else. And when I've pressed her on this, you know, when we talked, when we had this conversation in the early days, why, why, is that, why does that matter? You know, I'm, I'm getting a paycheck. I'm making money. I've got a, I've got a, you know, I'll probably keep getting raises if I keep doing what I'm doing. Why, why does that matter? And her feedback has been, well, look, physical provision is, is one part of your role in this family. Um, but spiritual provision is, is the much more significant, important part. And when you are bored, when you are apathetic about what you're spending your whole day doing, that is uninspiring to me as your wife. Uh, she submission, right? A wife submitting to her husband means that she's coming under my mission, submission, right? Under mission. She is joint signing up to be my helper and my number two in whatever it is that I'm doing. And so when she sees me going, yeah, just go and sit there and veg out and don't really think and uh, not really do anything that matters. Um, that's her job too. Like she's your helper. So you're saying our job's pointless and stupid and all we're doing is making money. So like, let's think about something else. Let's think about what vacations we're going to go on or what retirement's going to look like or whatever. And that's just depressing and sad and not inspiring to her. It's not a vision. Like we're not going anywhere. We're just, we're just collecting a paycheck. Um, and, uh, and, and I think on top of that, the fact that, that you're preaching to your children, and she said this, you're teaching our kids what, what work is and what work means. And, and the message is, yeah, you just, you just find that the job that'll pay you the money, the best money that requires the least effort and responsibility. And, uh, and, and you just kind of ride that out for 40 years. And yeah, that's, that's what work is. 
how uninspiring and how disappointing. Um, and that apathy, it's not like you can take that out. Like you're practicing apathy. You're practicing laziness. You're practicing um, this. You're developing this habit of not exerting creativity and energy and effort and ambition. And you think that that's going to just stay in that one part of your life and you're going to step out of that and, and, and in the rest of your life, you're not going to be that way. No, that's, that's a habit you're developing. Um, so, you know, I know that all of this is a first world problem. So I'm very aware of the fact that like, I'm, I'm sitting here preaching to Americans who have, who have all kinds of opportunities to make all kinds of money. Um, and, uh, and, and get to actually be picky about what they do. And I recognize that it's, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a first world problem survival, you know, for a lot of the world, it's just about survival. And obviously that's a different situation. Uh, but, but, but that's, that's who I am. That's where I am. And so that's the people I'm talking to. Those are my people. And we, and, and, and this is not a minor thing. I think this is, this is, um, eroding the, the character of, of our men, especially eroding their, um, their willingness, um, to do hard things, their ability to do hard things. It's, it's, um, it's eroding their ability to be creative, uh, to solve problems. And, uh, and, uh, and, and it's turning us into mindless, I think slaves, um, in a lot of ways. And so, um, you know, I, I think this is something that, that we should be, we should be thinking about. Um, I think we should be thinking about when to quit and when to go find a job where you can be challenged and stretched. And I really do think, um, it's, uh, you know, it's really not about the money. I mean, I, I, I know that's easy to say, um, that may sound easy to say, but it's like, it, you know, really, it really matters. I know that you got to provide, uh, but you can provide on a lot less than you probably think you, you need to, to make. And, um, and I think if you're not, if, if you're making a high salary, but you're not providing inspiration and, um, leadership and a vision to your wife and your kids, then you're failing, you know, you're failing at the main task that is set before you. Um, and, and beside that, the task God gave Adam was to, to take dominion, to subdue the earth. Right. Um, and, um, and not to sit there and just, and just eat the, eat the food that he's given you and just be lazy. He's like, the, it's tend, keep work, you know, fill, uh, subdue. Um, and, uh, and so, God wants us out there doing things, making things, making this world, transforming the rest of this world into a garden. Um, and there's a ton of people out there who desperately want uh, people on their team, in their company, who have that kind of mentality. And, and also in the long run, I promise you, the much more lucrative opportunities are going to be those. Um, and you know, I, I'll just mention this in passing, even though that's, this isn't really the point of the, the video, but I think it's probably, it needs to be a point of a future video perhaps or podcast, but, um, we don't talk about money enough. I think in the church, we don't teach about money enough. The old Testament has tons of stuff about economics, about money, about trade, a lot of proverbs. Um, 
And New Testament Christians are like, well, it's just about it's just about getting safe from your sins and going to heaven. Like, so yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like, you don't need to teach about money. Well, there's a reason why we are so bad with money, and we are so such bad stewards of our um, material uh, possessions. Um, and and you know, the stereotype that Jewish people are wealthy and care a lot about money um, is is true. And it's, and it's because of, because they, uh, read the old Testament and believe it. (laughs) They believe it's God's word and it's true. And, uh, and it's part of, it's culturally part of their DNA. Right. And, and, and so being, um, a steward of, of your money and, and actually, um, and so anyway, I, I, I would just, I would just make the comment in passing, uh, and, and maybe this is a teaser for a future episode, but but I think we need to be thinking a lot more about money, and not about like I I actually think um, currency dollars, you know your bank account um, that that that's not it. Um, having a big four hundred one k that that's not really it. It's it's about uh, property and assets, obtaining property and assets, which come with a lot of responsibility generally. Um, and and being wealthy in your your property, the property that you own, the the equity that you have in in productive property, whether those are businesses or real estate or, or other kinds of assets, but um, Christians Christians just don't even th- like like we don't get past Dave Ramsey. It's like Dave Ramsey is 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 focusing on one Bible verse, you know, get out of debt because the borrower is the slave to a lender, or I guess two 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 Bible verses. And that's where he stops. Like, it's just get out of debt and save a bunch of money. But it has nothing to do at all with the idea of being uh, of being a steward. Um, and I think about Jesus's teaching, you know, in the parable of the of the talents. Um, he doesn't just call the guy who who uh, just saved the money. He doesn't just call him bad. He, he calls him wicked. Um, uh it, he's it's it's not just like a neutral thing well you know at least you didn't lose it you know it, or, or you know fair enough you know, try again it's it's you're wicked you're being lazy um go take risk and and uh and and invest in uh in uh, invest your time and energy and talent in things that are gonna um be valuable that are gonna create value um don't just sit there and collect a paycheck and then just stuff it in a mattress. Um, that's not taking dominion. Um, so I'll stop there. I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about here, but I think it's a dangerous thing for men uh, to be uh, apathetic um, about their jobs um, and to uh, to be in jobs where they're not being challenged and stretched. And And I think it's something you should talk to your wife about. And you should think about how is this affecting me? How is this affecting my soul? How is this affecting my approach to my family and and into the world around me? Um, And what would it look like for me to care? (laughs) Like, what would it look like for me to to uh, try to get things done quickly uh, and deliver value? And um, I, I, I think that there's a deep seated desire in all of us because because God built us this way um, to, to be productive and to and to generate 
uh, to do meaningful work that, that generates value. Um, and I, I think you ignore that to your peril. I think it's bad for your soul. So I'll stop there. It's good, good, uh, good to, to get back on here. I hope that, uh, this was helpful in some way to you. And, uh, if you've got thoughts, comments, uh, feel free to shoot it over to me in the comments. Um, and I uh, will talk to you next time. See ya.